Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how to best optimize their body. I am your host. I am Shmaine Linney. I am a biohacker, fitness and nutrition expert and certified iridologist. I also am a certified level one molecular hydrogen advisor. Not that any of that is very important under the current circumstances. I hope everybody is keeping as well as can be expected with what the world is dealing with right now. Uh, If you haven't been living under a rock, we have um, a pandemic of the SARS-2 virus, also known as the COVID-19 pandemic. And I really hope everyone is staying safe and clean um, during these trying times. So this podcast, of course, is going to be um, around the whole topic of what's going on right now with the coronavirus and hopefully it will help you understand more. So I do not edit these podcasts as you may have realized. Um, details like that are not of as much a priority to me as they are to just getting the information out there and helping people understand. Um, If I make a mistake, I will correct myself or I will pause and backtrack, but otherwise this all comes out raw and straight from my mouth. So um, please do excuse any slip-ups that may happen. Okay, so today we're going to look at sepsis. So one of the big concerns around the current coronavirus, which is um, COVID-19 or COVID SARS-2, is sepsis. And I, from speaking to people, I don't think a lot of people understand this. Like people hear that there are deaths and it's possibly due to pneumonia, but they don't understand what else is at play here. So one of the big concerns is sepsis, and sepsis that stems from what is called a cytokine storm. I don't want to get too much into cytokine storm, so I think I'll do a follow-up mini podcast episode after this just explaining what a cytokine storm is. But sepsis in itself is a life threatening condition and is one of the big players here that is causing deaths around this current virus and I think this is important that people recognize this and recognize the symptoms as well. Now sepsis can be controlled and undone but of course you have to be educated what better place to get educated than true podcasts and health professionals when we're trying to take the burden or the load off our hospitals and clinics so if you can get some helpful tips in podcasts and episodes like this off health professionals like me then you can try these um oh 
try the advice in these podcasts, implement some of the tips we give before going that extra step to reaching out to your health link or your clinic or your hospital because as we know they're already overwhelmed as it is. So let's start here, let's start educating ourselves and put some of these practices into place first. So sepsis is a life-threatening condition and it's triggered by a systemic infection which drives up massive inflammation. So this infection causes your body to overreact and launch an excessive and highly damaging immune response and that is where we see this massive inflammation. Unless promptly diagnosed and treated, it can progress rapidly into um organ failure and worst case scenario is going to be death. A number of studies have shown that sepsis is becoming ever more prevalent making it imperative to be on the outlook for its signs and symptoms whenever you're ill or in hospital. Now I have my own opinions of why it's becoming ever more prevalent and from what I see is not as many people are taking their health as seriously as they should. There's a lot more autoimmune diseases popping up. There's a lot of more health conditions popping up. There's as much as we've tried and said, let's do this, let's do that over the decade to support diabetes, obesity, cholesterol, heart disease. We're sicker than ever. I really think people are not taking their health seriously enough and this is why we're seeing an increase on all these conditions and diseases um and that's just my point of view that's just my opinion um where we all are entitled to our opinions and that is just mine so um some of the infections that cause sepsis is um influenza as we know it which is one of the coronaviruses so we have 17 coronaviruses or seven and our our more common influenza is one that is connected to sepsis so sepsis can mimic many of the signs and symptoms of the flu in fact sepsis is one of the leading causes for influenza related deaths so it starts off as influenza and then we get the cytokine storm then maybe we're looking at pneumonia into the lungs and then next of all we've got sepsis and again worst case scenario we're looking at organ failure and death. Um, Studies have also identified sepsis as a top cause of death in hospitals and one of the primary causes of serious harm um, due to misdiagnosis and under the current circumstances where our medical professionals are already overwhelmed then we want to be educated ourselves on what to look out for because there's going to be a higher chance of misdiagnosis right now with everyone panicking. So we want to be aware of this. In the US, 1.7 million adults develop sepsis each year and nearly 270,000 
die as a result. Now, if you're listening to me from Canada, you're saying, well, I don't live in the US, so how does this affect me in Canada? Well, sepsis affects 30,000 Canadians each year and over one third of these will die if not treated appropriate. Now, let's pause a second and reflect. Now, that is generally each year those numbers are. So we're seeing 1.7 million adults in the United States are affected each year. This is your generic year. 300 or 30,000 are affected in Canada each year. That's your generic year. Now let's look at what's happening with this pandemic. Um, and there, if you haven't noticed, there is an increase on head colds and flus this year already compared to other years along with this virus. So now those numbers related to sepsis, we're expecting an increase in those numbers. So let's just pause and take a second to think about that. That can be cause for a lot of concern. So if we're educated We know what to look out for. We know what to do. We know how to support our immune system. We know how to make our body more resilient. We know how to take care of our family. Then maybe we can keep control of all these numbers and help out our medical professionals at the same time by taking a load off of them. So when we look at sepsis, we see between 34.7% and 55.9% of American patients died in hospitals between 2010 and 2012, had some sort of sepsis at the time of their death. The death rate of in-hospital patients with sepsis is 10% compared to 1% without sepsis. These numbers are important so that we can reflect on the importance of preventing something like this and supporting our health. So spending for sepsis rose by 19% from 2011 to 2013. So it's one of the most expensive conditions being treated among our medical system. Okay, so... The most comprehensive global analysis done to date warns that sepsis is responsible for one in five deaths worldwide each year. And if you want the analysis or any reports or studies I quote in these podcast episodes, just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or even email me through my website and I will send them to you. So um, again, That analysis warns that sepsis is responsible for one in five deaths worldwide each year and that makes me cringe. The researchers call the finding alarming, hence my cringe, as their updated figures are double that of previous estimates. So uh, they quote in this analysis, they estimate that about 11 million people worldwide died with sepsis in 2017 alone out of 56 million deaths. That's about 20% of all deaths and that's a massive number. Um, And that comes out from the study author, Dr. Christina Rudd. Now, I know there's a lot of people 
that are not too concerned about this virus that think it's not a big deal and they shouldn't be worried and blah 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 and that's great that is great I really really hope you're right because I'm an awful worrier and I hope you're right but when we look at these numbers that were relevant before we saw this outbreak of COVID-19 and then we take into account of COVID-19 we look at how fast the virus is spreading right now. We also look at who's being affected, who are the high-risk categories, what is population's current health state like, and I'm saying this all the time, is that those people that are really totally healthy and you see in the gym all the time or out running and eat really good, those are a tiny minority or a tiny percentage of the overall population. So when you take all of this into account, along with these numbers, even if you think that this is all going to blow over and it's not a big deal, there should be a tiny part of you that says, well, maybe I should be a little bit concerned, and if not concerned, aware, aware that there is maybe a possibility that this could be serious. So an estimated 85% of sepsis-related deaths occur in low to middle-income countries. Um, and surprisingly, that paper uh, titled A Global Accounting of Sepsis that was published January 18, 2020 in The Lancet, and The Lancet Medical Journal is... Um, a renowned medical journal that's had, held in high regard by most health professionals. Um, that that paper suggests the rate of sepsis has actually declined by about half since 1990, <coughs> possibly because um, of the improvements in our healthcare systems. But since 1990, although we have seen SARS and MERS and the N1H1 and all, we haven't seen COVID-19. Um, okay, so the authors of that paper of the Lancet study do point out that their findings must be reviewed in context and, <coughs> excuse me, modeling assumptions and imputation steps can introduce bias so it's not conclusive but the numbers are there and they are of somewhat relevance so okay so that's enough of that we know that sepsis is kind of a big deal maybe we should be aware of it um but let's look at the symptoms and how we look at treating sepsis and what you should be aware of that can help you um, support your health and your family's health under these current circumstances. Um, so sepsis, as we mentioned, is frequently overlooked or misdiagnosed. And there may be a higher chance of that happening right now with the overwhelm that the medical industry is seeing. So it's really important to familiarize yourself with the signs and symptoms of sepsis and to take immediate action if you succeed suspect sepsis um, if you end up reaching out to your health link or your clinic your gps be sure to inform the medical staff or your doctor of your suspicion 
um and remember hydration as with most coronaviruses and head colds uh, hydration is of utmost importance um not just because the cells need optimal hydration to function and protect you fluids also help our immune systems and our lymph move around our body keeping our immune system strong but also sepsis can begin with the loss of fluids and a lot of people don't get this and i say it to my clients all the time you know if you have had obviously a stomach bug we know we need to rehydrate after that but if you've had any sort of head cold or flu your body is going to suck in (coughs) excuse me as much fluid as it can and you're going to feel dehydrated a lot because your body is latching on to as much water as it can and this is where this is where you want to make sure that you're rehydrating properly lots of water lots of mineral water and lots of um sea salt if you can get it into your diet but not too much see it's it's kind of common sense that if you've had diarrhea or gastroenteritis or something you're going to lose a lot of fluids so most people know and they can feel it I need to rehydrate after that but not a lot of people recognize the connection between head colds and influenza that that is going to dehydrate the body too and this is not uncommon I'll get a lot of clients saying they're dehydrated or they're constipated and I'm like you just got over a flu how much water are you drinking like especially if you're constipated that's a sign that you're not drinking enough water anyway I digress so let's go on the signs of sepsis can be subtle at first sepsis typically produces um signs and symptoms that can be confused with a bad cold or flu um, but they then tend to develop quicker than you would normally expect so okay if you have a pen and paper you can jot these down so we're looking at high fever with chills and shivering rapid breathing dizziness slurred speech or struggling to get your words out or saying words that you didn't intend to say Um, difficulty breathing shortness of breath rapid heartbeat along with that rapid breathing some people may even experience some heart palpitations depending on your stress position right then Um, unusual level of sweating so diaphoresis and this is obviously going to be connected with that dehydration and loss of fluids Um, confusion or disorientation and that as well goes hand in hand with dehydration too some people will experience diarrhea nausea and vomiting um severe muscle pain or muscle aches or body aches they seem to be quite common um cold and clammy skin or even a skin rash so that's connected to the high fever and the chills so one minute you're sweating the next minute you have chills um and then low urine output so if you're peeing less than normal but you're like hey i'm drinking a lot of fluids or i'm having a lot of tea like how come i'm not peeing that much then that could be a sign as well um that there's something going on so keep an eye on that especially if you're trying to rehydrate and 
you're recognizing I've only peed once today. Okay, let's keep an eye on that. So uh, the Sepsis Alliance recommends using the acronym TIME, T-I-M-E, to remember some of the more common symptoms. So T, temperature higher or lower than normal. I, have you now or recently had any signs of an infection? M, are there any changes in your mental status or cognitive performance or are you getting confused a lot or extremely fatigued? And then E, are you experiencing any extreme pain or illness? Do you have a feeling of you might die or oh my god I'm dying, this is horrible? They also recommend another acronym you could use to memorize the signs and the symptoms is sepsis itself. So S-E-P-S-I-S. So the S stands for shivering. That would include a fever or being cold or cold sweats. E, extreme pain. P, pale or clammy skin. S, a shortness of breath. I, I feel like I'm dying, and then S, sleepy or confused or that cognitive performance issue. So there's two very helpful acronyms that if you jot them down on that piece of paper along with the symptoms list I gave you, you can use those as reference tool. Um, Okay, so then if you do feel I might be at risk for sepsis or you have a loved one that succumbs to sepsis whether caused by influenza or some other infection. Um, We have seen that and this is quite affordable and there's lots of studies to back this up that a protocol of an IV vitamin C with hydrocortisone and thiamine which is vitamin B1 can be life-saving. So do ask your doctor about that and if you can encourage them to use it there's chances they might not even be aware of it especially if they're not too well up on the functional health aspect um, of the medical industry Um, and this sepsis treatment protocol was developed by dr paul marik m-a-r-i-k if you want to look up that and he is a critical care doctor at centara norfolk general hospital in east virginia Um, and clinical use has proven it to be remarkably effective for the treatment of sepsis reducing mortality nearly fivefold again if you need any studies or links message me through facebook or instagram or through my website but um, the precise protocol used 200 milligrams of thiamine every 12 hours Uh, 1,500 milligrams of ascorbic acid every six hours and 50 milligrams of hydrocortisone every six hours. Um, Importantly, the treatment has no side effects and is pretty inexpensive. It's readily available, very simple to administer. Um, So really, you don't have much to lose by trying it. Now, in saying that with the overwhelm that our hospitals and clinics are seeing right now, you could try an at-home approach. You could try an at-home approach first to see if it improves your symptoms where you're going to be taking between 1,500 milligrams to 2,000 milligrams of ascorbic acid 
um, two to three times across the day. And remember, whatever your body does not use of vitamin C, it will just pee it out. Then you could look at adding in a B supplement yourself. So a thiamine B1 supplement yourself. Um, and you're looking at giving yourself 2000 milligrams of thiamine every 12 hours but if you're doing it at home and you're doing high dose vitamin c you could just start off with just one and then you would be looking at some other tools that we know help with um, viruses or have been shown to minimize the effects of viruses so you could be doing some other stuff at home um d3 zinc vitamin a um, lots of good teas to support hydration that maybe have some medicinal properties in them um, there, there are a lot of things right now that um, we're looking at that can help with viruses um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy is another one that has been looked at with sepsis um, there are no trials specifically but there is suspicion that it could be a powerful synergy that could help with the inflammation connected with sepsis. And based on this concept and a study I posted in my Facebook biohacking group this week, that would bring us looking at hydrogen, molecular hydrogen. The study I posted was able to show that there is a connection between molecular hydrogen and inflammation and sepsis and organ failure. So these are just some things to um, consider or to be aware of. So again, vitamin C, be sure to tell your doctor of all the symptoms that you're receiving and just back to the vitamin c the only contraindication with iv vitamin c treatment is if you are glucose 6-phosphate dihydro dihydrogenase so it's g6pd deficient and that's a genetic disorder and g6pd is required for your body to produce nadph which is a cousin of nad plus but your doctor would be aware of this um, or should be aware of this especially if you've had bloods done and you were made aware that you do have this genetic predisposition um, and that would mean that they would need to take more of a reductive approach to giving you um, vitamin C, maybe look at glutathione instead or NAC and acetylcysteine. Um, so otherwise, when we look back at the coronavirus right now and numbers as we know are constantly changing and a lot of the numbers are underestimated right now and at the end of this, I'm sure we'll get a more accurate picture, but I, I feel a lot of the numbers are very underestimated myself right now. Again, that's just my opinion. But COVID-19 has infected thousands worldwide. Obviously, it's raising a lot of fear and anxiety among the people and the general population. There's still a lot of mystery surrounding this virus. Um, but one thing is for sure like other viral infections we're not completely powerless there is some stuff we can do there is no better time than now 
to take responsibility for your health and prioritize your health. Um, practice proper hygiene bolstering your immune system it's going to be super important helping your cells function optimally um, and helping inflammation reduce in your body as much as possible is going to be a big thing so um, obviously we all know we should be washing our hands more regularly lots of hand sanitizer of course i'm going to encourage natural hand sanitizers as much as possible so they're going to be hand sanitizers that have the least amount of chemicals in it so usually they have an ethyl alcohol base and you've got some essential oils mixed in with them and then remember, if you're washing your hands a lot, that is going to dry out the skin a lot. So you want to have a really good hand cream as well. Keep your hands um, nice and moisturized. You don't want chafing of the skin or chapping of the skin and bleeding. And then when you do put on hand cream, it burns. And that's something people need to be aware of. Um, then, of course, taking your vital nutrients to make sure that you're nourishing and supporting your immune system. There is lots we can do in regards to this. So much. Watch the inflammation. Now is the best time to start a fat loss or weight loss campaign. Now is the absolute best time because we have this added motivation from this virus that no I want to be my best I want to be my most optimal there are people like me that are providing the tools and support to help people be their best there are studies and I'm going to talk about this further in a blog post I'm going to do on my website either today or tomorrow showing that those that end up with the most severe fatalities or outcome from this virus are those that have not only immunocompromised systems but are in the ranges of diabetes fatty liver disease cholesterol issues heart disease stuff like that and we know all of that is connected to obesity and poor nutrition so now is the time to feel empowered and take control of your health and your weight goals and see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're all hoping that this is all gone and calmed down by the time summer kicks in in June or July. Scenes as most of us are housebound right now, wouldn't it feel amazing to feel and look your best when you walk out the doors in June or July to enjoy the summer and know that Man, I'm glad I really focused on my health and took care of myself. So now I feel my best. I look myself. I can really enjoy the summer now and be ahead of the game, especially if we see this virus poke its head up again in October and November, which is what's expected, by the way. Now is the time. Prioritize your health. Um, take responsibility. And then... As well, a side note, we can look at probiotics and sporebiotics and modbiotics to support us here. And I did a podcast a couple of months ago on the biotics family. Go listen to that. It breaks down all the different biotics categories. We can use them in a way to build up our resiliency. I know biotics are connected to bacteria, but they all play a part. As I was saying to a client yesterday... If you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria right now and you also then get a viral infection, your body is trying to fight two wars. It's 
the chances of winning two wars at one time are very, very slim, meaning your symptoms are going to be more severe and last a lot longer and may be a little bit more serious or fatal. If you can control the bacteria end of it and overload yourself with good, strong bacteria that will keep your immune system resilient and your cells resilient, you have a better fighting chance against any viruses that come in. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that because that's quite a lot. I do hope you understand the seriousness. I do not intend this podcast to scare or worry anyone. I intend it to empower you and educate you. Um, I do hope you found it helpful. Remember, you can reach out to me Facebook, Shemaine's Model Health, shemainesmodelhealth.com is my website. You can email me there or Instagram. You follow me on Shemaine's Model Health. Um, and it would be amazing if you could share these podcasts. If you know anyone, this would benefit and help us all reach the masses. And right now, help us help the public to help themselves because our medical industry and we salute all our medical professionals for the amazing work they're doing right now. And as we know, they're quite overwhelmed. So if we can share this information and empower people, then we can take a load off everyone off the world. Okay, enjoy the day. Um, Keep yourself busy. Reflect on some of the stuff I said. Maybe take time to sit down and think about, okay, what do I want my outcome of my health and my body to be by the end of this? How do I want my body to function and respond? And write down some goals and consider then the steps you need to take to get you there. Um, Again, I sound like a broken record, but you can always reach out to me if you want to chat as well. I know this podcast is a little bit longer, but I'm going to cut it short now. And I hope you all enjoy some fresh air today. Stay positive. Try stay upbeat. Sing, dance with your family. Watch some funny movies. And try keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on that light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully we'll all see each other on the other side of this. Okay, bye-bye.